Disruptive CEO Nation is the place where young entrepreneurs and company founders tell it like it is when it comes to their journey, vision, technology, culture, and whatever they feel like. Your host, Allison K. Summers, believes how you choose to play the world is completely up to you, and her guests prove it. Now let's get disruptive. Hi, everyone listening in the Disruptive CEO Nation audience. This is Allison, and our guest today, this is really impressive stuff, folks, has scaled a company to $25 million in five years, and he is not even yet 30, so you need to listen up to everything that he has to say. Also, what he's going to share with us is the secrets of how to have a remote, remote culture company. So, Connor, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. So, Connor, give everybody your introduction, um, who you are, what you do. Awesome. So, my name is Connor Gillivan. I currently live in Denver, Colorado. And today, I, I run a business called FreeUp.com. I'm the chief marketing officer of the business. I started it three years ago. Um, and, and kind of like what you said, our, our core value proposition is that we help businesses hire freelance talent online. And what I love, and everybody should go take a look at, at freeup.com, what I love is that you kind of make it easy because you go there and, and you have different levels of talent. So can you explain that, what I would go to it is, as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur who was looking for specialized services and help, what would I get when I went to your site? Yeah, of course. So the thing that makes us a little bit unique from some of the other platforms is we actually put all of the freelancers through our own interview and application process. And then we only take the top 1% into the marketplace. Um, and like you said, we, we have three tiers of freelancers available for hire. So we have people that are outside of the US that are, are more of a basic level. They still have years of experience. They're still good with English, but they're gonna be better for a process or a system you already have set up within your business. You then have your, your mid-tier, who we like to call our specialists, so to speak. And these are people, they're going to be a little bit more expensive. They may be in or outside the U.S. Um, and they're really good at one thing. So they may be great at social media or they may be really good at writing or they may be able to help you with some online advertising. Uh, they kind of fall into that mid-level specialist tier. And then you have your expert level tier. They're going to be your most expensive. Most of them are from the U.S., U.K. or Canada. Um, and they're, they're more entrepreneurs themselves. They are consultants, they're business strategists. They can work with you to create a new aspect of your business or to help get the business off the ground. And, and I love that. I, I love the model that you, you helped me guide to get the support. So Connor, let's roll back to mm -hmm. the beginning of when you first would have classified yourself as an entrepreneur. Tell us how you got started and, and really you're one of my young entrepreneurs. So how old were you when you went out on your first entrepreneur journey? Yeah, sure. So kind of unofficially, I would say it was when I was in elementary school. Um, <laughs> one of my first memories of, of being a, you know, quote unquote entrepreneur was I, I started, I think I was maybe in third grade and I started building uh, little toppers to put on your pens and pencils. And I sold them to my friends and students in my classes uh, for some extra lunch money. So that was a, a, a young There age. you go. Mom wasn't giving you money for the cookies, right? So you had to exactly. do it yourself. <laughs> exactly. It was, a, it was a good experience there. Um, but the next one was, was in high school. 
Um, I actually, one of my first jobs was when I was 13. I started working with a cousin who was an entrepreneur. He was running his own landscaping business. Um, and I started working with him, kind of understood what it took to mow a lawn and uh, hedge or trim hedges and things along those lines. And so in high school, and instead of getting a, a part-time job, um, I started my own kind of side landscaping business, um, ended up building up a, a group of clients that I had for about three to four years. Um, and so I would say that was my, my real first introduction to being an entrepreneur and, and trying to run a business. But great stories. Um, I, I need to go uh, motivate my children to do more of more of that initial startup. Um, so with with what you do today, it's a very technology based company because it, all the interface is online. What scares you the most about technology and running a company that's all based on technology? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Um, so for me, I've been running businesses completely online since 2009, so almost 10 years now. Um, and, and one of the things that I've learned and that I think scares me the most is when one business or one individual has just too much reliability on one piece of technology. And I'll kind of give an example. So one of the, the big aspects that helps me communicate with my team around the world is Skype. Um, you know, a very large company owned by Microsoft now, it's, it's very reliable. Um, but it, it kind of scares me still because if, for whatever reason, Skype were to go down, that would cut off a lot of the ability for me to communicate with the people I work with every day. Um, and it would have residual effects on the business that I'm running today as well. So I think it's always smart as an entrepreneur and a business owner to either make sure you have backups um, or figure out ways to not be too dependent upon one piece of technology. Yeah, you know, Connor, it's funny because you, you mentioned Skype it for your international, but I, I have an office where I've got people just down the hall and we use Skype as an instant message service. Right. And, um, and we'll call each other on Skype just from office to office, even though we have a phone on our desk. So mm -hmm. um, it is interesting how our habits change with the technology that's available to us. Um, so you went there about your your staff that's all over the place. And so you said you are a 100% remote team with 30 specialized contractors. And of course, you have the beauty of knowing your freelance contractors that you have in your network. Um, is there anybody else that works with you in, um, in Denver? Uh, so there's not. So even my business partner, who I started the company with and who I've worked with for the past nine years, uh, he lives in Orlando, Florida. Um, so, so we work remotely. We have, like you said, about 30 people, um, maybe half or a third in the U.S. and then the, the others in the Philippines and India. Um, everyone's completely remote. They work from their home offices. And then we just have ways that we communicate and stay in touch through the Internet and through different channels online. Do you ever find the need to, do you do like any uh, quarterly meetings or face-to-face -face meetings with your partner in Orlando? Yeah, great question. So we do. We, we try to get together in person every about two months in the year. Um, okay. So he'll come to me, I'll come to him, we'll, we'll go somewhere that's not Orlando or Denver, because um, we do still value that time to be able to interact with each other and brainstorm and, and kind of plan out what's going on with the business. Do you, 
when we talk with with our guests, we like to talk about the culture of their their company or, or you know, if I joined your team, what would you tell me uh, to expect? And how do you build a cohesive team um, when you are just, you know, you can all see each other on Skype or Zoom, but but how do you build that, like, I value and care about you? Yeah, definitely. It's And it's been a challenge. It's something we've we've had to learn about since we started outsourcing, started hiring people remotely. Um, something that, that Nate and I, is, Nate's my business partner, something we've always done is, is keep our, our values at the, the forefront of our culture and, and how we run things. Um, both him and I are, are very logical. Um, we're very hard workers. So um, we kind of look for people that have those same values. And then the, the, I would say the biggest tenet of our remote culture is communication. Um, and that's kind of by necessity because everyone's all over the world working on different time zones. Um, so that's, that's kind of the biggest thing. When, when someone comes in, we, we look to make sure that they match up with, you know, are they ambitious? Are they hardworking? Um, what, what's their past history like in, in terms of work? And does it relate to how we work and how we think? Um, and then can they communicate? Do they value that at a high level? And um, are, are they going to be showing up to meetings on time? Are they you know, suggesting new ideas and, and sharing feedback and making sure their voice is heard. And also, are they working well with the other people on the team and pushing them to get better and pushing themselves to get better? So those are some of the things that go into our, that decision process. And do you think, Connor, I, I think that the way you just described that, do you think the hiring and interview process is much more objective when you're hiring remote workers than being subjective when you have people that you smile face to face and they come into your office and you say, Oh, I like their vibe or energy. Mm. I mean, do you, do you think that helps you get better quality out of your workers? I, I do. I, I think it's, it's tough, right? I, I've, I've been in it and I've done so much hiring online where that's very familiar for me now. Um, I think people who are just getting started with it, it's a little bit more difficult because they, they are used to those uh, social cues that you get when you're face to face with people. Um, but, but I think it's very helpful when once you can understand it um, and you kind of know exactly what you're looking for, you don't even need those social cues just through a chat. Sometimes you can even tell, Oh wow, this, this person really gets what we're doing. I, I can see qualities in them just from chatting with them that relate to me. Um, and, and, and I'm going to, I can tell this person's going to be a good fit for us. And how do you go about firing remote workers? <laughs> I just yeah. I have to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, good question. Um, because they kind of have keys to your company and, and, and passcodes and technology mm -hmm. and other things. So just curious. Yeah, of course. Um, so, so it's kind of, it's similar to if you're firing someone in the office. Um, I mean, it's not like, a, we don't just fire people out of nowhere. There's, of course, warnings. And we try to work with them to, to improve in certain areas where they're lacking. Um, but then if, if it does have to happen, you know, we'll let them know, we'll set up a call and, and kind of go through it with them and everything. And, uh, we, we tend to be very supportive when we're firing people because we do run a freelance marketplace. So, um, <laughs> if it just didn't work out with us, um, there are hundreds of other clients who they may be able to work with. So, um, yeah, we try to take it as easy as possible, but make sure we're, we're always looking out for the best of the company. No, I, I appreciate you, you sharing that. Um, so how do you stay motivated? Who, how do you get your mentoring and, and where do you get um, that sound advice that you might need as you're going through your journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, 
That's a great question. And I think it plays a huge role in anyone who's going to run their own business or be an entrepreneur. Um, I've been lucky to be able to surround myself with smart people that have run businesses before or worked for large corporations or um, had a lot of great experiences that I hadn't had. Um, and so I, I personally have kind of a, a group of mentors that I, I meet with on a monthly to quarterly basis where I can really ask them questions about anything that's going on with the, the business. Um, and then also anything personally that I'm, I'm running into that I just haven't come across before. So I value that at a really high level. Um, and and I, I love being able to have those people uh, surrounded, surrounding me as I continue to grow. If we came back and talked to you in three or five years, what would you say you hope the story is that you have accomplished or that is a new product that you've put out in the marketplace? Sure. Uh, yeah. So since we started the business, our, our goal, our, our mission has always been to make hiring freelance talent online easier and also more reliable. Um, my, my business partner and I, we, we spent years using other platforms and just ran into a lot of frustration. So that was always our goal. Let's make this easier. Let's make it more reliable for people. So when we look out three to five years, I think something that, that we're always working towards is making sure that those, that key value proposition that we started with, that, that key mission is still being carried forward, but we're able to impact thousands more people on a regular basis. Um, and we're also one of the industry leaders in terms of freelance marketplaces where businesses can hire people and freelancers can build their own businesses as well. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And, and Connor, you've shared some really great stuff. How can people um, get a hold of you if they have questions or what would you want them to, to know uh, to find out more about your business? Yeah, of course. So uh, they can, of course, go to freeup.com and it is with three E's. So F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com. Um, if they want to get in touch with me personally, I'm happy to set up a call with them. That's, a, that's something that myself and my business partner still offer to all clients and freelancers that, that come through FreeUp. So they could do that right on the website. And then I also uh, blog quite often and, um, and put my own thoughts out there about marketing and remote work and things along those lines. So they can visit my website, which is just connorgillivan.com. Connor, I really appreciate everything you've shared. I mean, we've talked outside of this podcast, and I absolutely believe um, the future of work is going to be built on a lot more of these independent contractors and freelancers, not, not only because economics forces it from the company side, but because, you know, people want to be um, digital workers, and they want to have that flexibility, and they want to live where they want to live, and um, and so I, I love the mission of your company and, and what you're trying to achieve. It's been delightful speaking with you. Um, so thank you for being a guest. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on today. It was, it was fun to chat. And uh, I always love talking about the, the growing freelance economy. So it's uh, thank you for the platform. Appreciate it. Yeah. If, if you are a listener and you thought that Connor said some things that are valuable, that other people need to hear, they need to know his company, please um, comment, like, share. 
um, send us feedback. If you think there is an entrepreneur that we need to speak to, you can send me an email at connect at allisonksummers.com. Until the next time, keep your eye on the future. Thank you again, Connor. Cheers. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.